0: Pick up Sean Hannity now live in progress. Uh, today there was a hearing before the Oversight Committee on Freedom of Information Act request. They had a woman there from the State Department. The Republicans sort of tried several times to draw her out about Hillary Clinton and other things. They didn't really get very far in public. But I think it's clear to me that they truly believe, for a variety of reasons, like the ones you just cited, that the whole story has not been told. And, you know, listen, if they If they could get to a situation, if there is a whistleblower like that who then comes and sits in front of a congressional committee and tells a story like that, that jacks that thing up in a big way. But if, you know, I really think it's important almost for, in a sense, who was the guy in um, in the Nixon years who revealed the tapes. Uh, Butterfield, was that his name? Regardless, you almost, you have to put a face on that. If they have somebody from inside who is pointing the finger of blame and saying that uh, this is where they found things, we'll see whether or not they can put that together into a hearing and get it out later. But they're still there. It's clear. Every opportunity they have, they are trying. And I have to note today, By the way, the it's Democrats, Alexander
1: Butterfield. By the way... Alexander
0: Butterfield. There we go. Cancer is growing on the presidency. Sorry. Uh, The Democrats today tried to push back on the whole Hillary Clinton thing in this hearing. They were all ready. And their argument today was, well, you know, we don't have any emails from Colin Powell or from Condoleezza Rice. And it, you, could, you could see all the Demo- a bunch of Democrats trying to use that at, at various times in the hearing, and let's just say that sort of landed with a thud on the GOP side. There's interesting
1: developments as it relates to the Iranian nuclear deal. Um, we now have newly discovered Iranian cheating. And by the way, this was broken by none other than the New York Times for crying out loud, and Marie Harf is in a big Twitter war with the New York Times over this.
0: Yeah, they got the information, they said, from the IAEA, the International Atomic and energy uh, i thought she that, cited
1: another i thought she cited the joint plan of action interim agreement
0: that it was in there yeah and and so she says that this is nothing and the new york times is saying no you're wrong and and you know i'm i'm uh, i'm always reluctant on twitter to get in any back and forth with anyone because i think most of the time it doesn't make you look too good but oh, I yeah i f- f- i like twitter fight. i had a big fight with alec baldwin once. but go ahead uh, now, uh, but for a spokesperson from a federal agency to do that, I was intrigued by that because, yes, it went on for a while, and uh, certainly neither side is backing down on that. And look, it it uh, with the next uh, 30 days or so, with the Iranian negotiations and the deal, any story like that that gets out that says... that the the, the Iranians are moving ahead even before they cut this deal could really be crippling but let's go through my
1: my list gets longer you you've heard me say most of them before number one state sponsor of terror fighting multiple proxy wars the latest is now supporting the the rebels in Yemen against against the Saudis Uh, we have of course them promoting and supporting Hezbollah and other terrorist groups against Israel um we now see their influence growing in Iraq and elsewhere They've been caught lying in the course of this negotiation as it relates to nuclear facilities. Uh, the New York Times report today now says that their stockpile had grown by twenty percent, according to the IAEA assessment. And again, it, an independent assessment, right? Yes. An independent assessment. You know, add to that, during these negotiations, they've chanted leaders have chanted "death to America" and they they said the destruction of Israel is non-negotiable. And yet, this president still wants a deal with these
0: people. I would say at this point in time, even if they get a deal and present that to the Congress, uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Congress could approve that resolution of disapproval. And then have forced the president to veto that in oh. order to go through with the agreement.
1: Well, they would have had a much easier time had they not given away some of their leverage, in my opinion, because the White House is sticking to this argument that it's not a treaty, and that's a crop. I don't think
0: they had any leverage. I mean, if you look historically in terms of how few treaties come up here, I don't think that deal was going to get submitted to Congress at all, and really, I think
1: was, I think a court would have supported them. Any yeah, good any court worth they, their salt? I mean, you know, they look at that as treaty. a
0: political argument. I don't know. John
1: uh Bolden Republicans think by so. the way
0: Republicans have threatened to defund the state department. Did you see that? Well, not the, not defund the State Department, but hold withhold 15 percent right. of the money for the budget for the State Department. They're that's operational in funds. Exactly. That's in uh, one of the funding bills. And look, that's uh, that's called using the power of the purse. That I know you've uh, itched for them to use. Uh, that bill was up today before the House Appropriations Committee, and I didn't uh, hear about any changes in it. And so, yeah, that provision is in there. That basically it's what they call it fences off 15 percent of the operational funds until they've shown that they can will release and properly release documents that have been requested either through the Freedom of Information Act or by the congress as well and that sort of feeds back into this FOIA hearing that we had both today and yesterday. I mean, we had people describing for lawmakers uh, even they had a, a lawyer from the New York Times, they had reporters like Cheryl Atkinson, also Jason Leopold, the guy who has been fighting for the Hillary Clinton emails, and talking about how frustrating it is for reporters to send in requests, FOIA requests for documents, and then routinely have to wait years and years and years for them, and that's sort of part and parcel what this is about in this budget bill.
1: I remember, yesterday Yesterday I told you about Axelrod, Obama to Axelrod. I'm the closest thing to a Jewish president the U.S. has ever had. Well, now we have the latest incident of the president lashing out against Bibi Netanyahu personally. And uh, he said in an interview that uh, Bibi's position on Palestinian statehood undermines the credibility of his country. So the danger here
0: is that Israel as a whole loses credibility, he said. Well, I don't think we're going to see the administration back off on Netanyahu at all. I mean, uh, this is, you know, these are these are not friends. Let's put it that way. You know and what's interesting
1: though because I've been around Netanyahu. You know I was there in last summer and I tried to get Netanyahu to take a shot at Obama. He wasn't going there and he wasn't ne- and he never really has gone there. And he's been
0: steadfast in not going there. No, he's he's simply, I think, look, for people who are strong supporters of the president, I think they feel like that because Netanyahu has made his case and made it very strongly that that's been personal. But it has not been, at least to me just sort of watching from here in D.C., I don't think it's been as personal as the jabs that have been sent back by the Obama administration, whether directly or indirectly by the White House. And you saw what a reaction that he got, he, Netanyahu, when he was here in D.C., for his speech before Congress and the fact that he is still there and the leader of Israel is, uh, we're, you know, coming down to the end of these negotiations. I certainly don't look for him to shrink away in these final weeks.
1: Unbelievable. All right. What else we got going on? I see the IRS admitted to 20
0: uh, percent of FOIA requests made about tax exempt issues from 2013 have not been fulfilled. Yeah. This is, uh, this was all part of this, uh, Freedom of Information Act hearing from today. And Republicans were saying, okay, Why haven't you answered all these groups that wanted to find out what was going on with the investigation of them? Remember, this is the Tea Party targeting from back in 2013, two years ago. They said they got an unprecedented amount of requests for information. They said, well, how many? And the woman said 154. And everybody sort of looked around and thought 154 doesn't sound like very much. And uh, but the answer from the IRS person that deals with FOIA requests was, well, because we got into all these investigations and there are all these different things going on with the Tea Party targeting scandal, they couldn't get to these FOIA requests too quickly. And so now they had 154 requests for documents. Now they're down to there are 34 pending. Well, if you think about that, that's still 20% 20 that have not been acted on, and you're supposed to act on FOIA requests very, very quickly. I mean, yesterday, Cheryl Atkinson told a story where she said that she'd put in a request to the Department of Defense, Sean, when her daughter was eight, and it wasn't fulfilled. The documents didn't come to her until her daughter had left for college 10 years later. Unbelievable. And Um, that's the thing, is that I think lawmakers are now, I had several tell me today, they've got to find a way to approve some new kind of law, but have some teeth into it to force some action by any administration. As even Ackeson noted yesterday, she said that she has seen foot dragging. It doesn't matter which party is in power.
1: All right, so we have this Boston terrorist planning to behead this cop. Um, yeah. Congress apparently has been warned that ISIS is using sophisticated social media strategy to communicate. Yeah, this was a
0: re- really interesting hearing, Sean, today. They uh, they were talking about, I mean, we you and I have talked about how much they use social media from the Islamic State. But they had a, a top anti-terror official in who was saying, in his words, that he called it a sophisticated, not only social media strategy, but a sophisticated media marketing strategy. He said the, the Islamic State has really figured out how well to use not only Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and more, but that they've been able to find ways to sort of attach their their calling card and more to breaking sort of news events and trending events on social media and to get people interested in other ways. For example, they were talking about uh, they, they produce these really slick video magazine shows and, and also t- uh, printed materials and more, and that the lawmakers should not underestimate just how well they're not only able to recruit with social media, but how well also that they're able to Cre- uh, create conversations with people in the U.S. and other nations, and maybe incite them to violence. Unbelievable! I mean, I actually have people that write me all the time on Twitter and other
1: social media. It's amazing how they there's a group of people in this country that actually follow this, and they know yeah. who these people are.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's they warn the- me about. It. I mean, if my name
1: comes up, they're all over it. They tell me about it. It's it's pretty incredible that there's a group of Americans that are, you know, all over this stuff.
0: And there's an odd sort of uh, difference among some because uh, the U.S. government would like to take these Twitter accounts and more down really fast when they come up. On the other hand, some of these people that watch them say this is the best way to figure out what they're up to. If you knock their accounts off, then they go somewhere else and you have to find them again. Maybe that's not the best answer.
1: All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in uh, Washington, D.C., sir. See you, Sean. Appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. All right, apparently there's still people who are not sold on the dollarshaveclub.com. Jason, listen, you now have the perfect mohawk. You use the Dollar Shave Club, right? You love it. Yes, I do. And now my brother is starting to use it. Okay. Now they've got three great razors, and I want to know from each of you which one you use. They have the two-blade Humble Twin, the four-blade Four blade four, t- four X, and the six-blade Executive, which is the one I use. Which one do you use, Linda? I use the Executive. Which one do you use, Jason? The two-blade. Why do you like the two-blade? It's finer. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Lauren?
0: Go big or go home. I do the executive.
1: Yeah, sweet baby James does the executive. I mean, it's amazing. It's six stainless steel blades, 90-degree pivot head, and an aloe strip. I never had a, a better shave in my life. Have you ever had a better shave in your life, all of you, it's ever? That's great. Right? Never. Got rid of those super expensive razors. Never again. Right? I'm telling you, you pay far less. You'd have the convenience that delivered right to your house. You don't pay any membership fee. You only pay for what you buy. It's a lot less than what you pay in a store, and the product is the best blade you'll ever have. I mean, and here's the bottom line. You'll get four replacement blades every month or every other month. You never have to worry about it again. They send you a handle, and you're on your way. Then they have other great grooming products like their shave butter. You'll never use shaving cream again. So give Dollar Shave Club a try. And by the way, Dollar Shave Club makes a great Father's Day gift. You never know what to give for Father's Day, all the great fathers in your life. Give dad a gift that's going to keep on giving and shaving all year long Get him a gift card at the dollarshaveclub.com. dollarshaveclub.com. One more time, dollarshaveclub.com. Quick break. Right back. We will continue. Breaking news straight from the source. Sean Hannity talks to the people involved in the big news stories every day. Sean Hannity. News 95.5 and
0: AM 750 WSB.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop
0: by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.